Shades, Jesus. Welcome to Shades of Grace. I asked Pastor Will if I could open up because I've been over there listening to Landon play. And Landon, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. We are so blessed in this place to have the music that we have. God has blessed us with some awesome entertainment. And now, Pastor Will. Hey, Steve, and isn't it ironic that my name comes along with entertainment? I hadn't thought of it that way before, but sometimes it is. Anyway, you're looking good today. Look around at your neighbor and say you're looking great today. I love the spirit of Christmas, and I hope that we can keep this with us throughout the year, every day, as we celebrate the coming of Christ into the world and into our lives every day. Praise God. It's so good to see you in the house of worship. And yes, I say amen to that. Thank you, Landon. And thank you, Miss D. Let's give Miss D a hand of appreciation. And as we learned recently, she knows how to sign in every key. Okay? So that was interesting. But we're just glad to be in worship. And now we have laughed. We've begun our service with joy. And that's always an important place to be. We have a lot of prayer requests. And I know that you have requests upon your heart. But before that, we have a celebration. I saw Pastor Regina roll in, but she's actually walking around in here a little bit today. So give the Lord thanks for that. All right? And along with all of our other celebrations, we have Officer Slater with us today, so welcome him. We're always glad to have an officer with us in each Saturday morning service. Uh, along with all the prayer requests that you might have, I ask you to pray for the family of James Robinette Sr. We had his funeral service here yesterday. And we ask you to continue to remember them in your prayers. I would like us to pray together and pray that prayer that our Lord Jesus has taught us to pray. And we know it as the Lord's Prayer. If you know it, pray it with me. If not, just listen to the words and let it be your prayer today, okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And you are welcome if you feel more comfortable with a mask at any time. We have them over here for you. Miss D works in the hospital system and she was giving me an update that uh, the most recent update is there were 124 patients with COVID and four with ventilators. So we need to remember that there is RSV, there's flu, there's COVID, there's all kinds of things around so anytime you feel comfortable we try to socially distance 
as we can in this building, but feel free at your own desire to put a mask on or to not wear it, okay? But it's always okay to do that. So we were going to have the choir today and try to sing some songs that we had sung throughout Advent, but due to the rise in the infections, we decided it was best today to forego that and to just enjoy music, whatever Landon has planned for us today. So uh, Landon, it's yours now, okay? Sin and separated man's communion with God, longing for Messiah to come. But in just one evening, things were changed forevermore with the announcement from angels above. Christ is born, let all the world proclaim, Christ is born, things will never be the same, God is to bring peace to everyone, joy is here and lives on, for Christ is born. The world was looking for a king to be born, but born in gold and power and might. He was born in his surroundings, but rich in majesty, follow the star and Christ is born. God is here to bring peace to everyone. Joy is here and lives on for Christ. Peace born. Hallelujah. Christ is you know that your baby boy 
would calm a storm with his hand. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels are? When you kiss your little baby, you have kissed the sun of Christ was born. 
his love and his gospel is peace change shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy name for the greetings that we received this week from Shades of Grace International. And you just viewed that on the screen. So we have officially been greeted by our brothers and sisters in Nigeria. And whoever would have known, Yusoma, just a few years ago, that this great ministry would be going on right out of this little storefront church in Kingsport, Tennessee. But there we have dug wells. We should say you have done that. You, all of you on Facebook, YouTube, those who support this ministry. We have a school, Shades Villa, with a lot of children, most of whom are orphans, who are learning and studying. And we have teachers 
and we help with an orphanage and feeding the folks and rice field and all kinds of good things happening. Whoever would have known that that could happen, but with God, all things are possible. So we have a lot to celebrate. So give the Lord thanks for all of that. And uh, if you want to see more about Shades of Grace International, you can go to our Facebook page. And actually there is a dedicated page for Shades of Grace International. So you can look us up on any of our pages and see a lot of videos like you just saw and the greetings and, and the ministry that is taking place in the name of Jesus. And Yuzoma told me just recently, we have been able to move forward now into um, the Democratic Republic of Congo, right? And we're sending sewing machines and helping people to, to sew. So it's a good thing all that God is doing. Landon, let's sing together something for Christmas. Let's just sing something to worship. Oh, come let us adore him. Let's do that one. That's a good one. I just switched on you. What were you going to play? Joy to the world. Let's do Oh, come let us adore him. Okay. And we'll do that with joy to the world. Okay. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore with joy, right? Okay, so we have come now to the end of our Advent journey of the last four weeks, helping us to prepare for this weekend. How many remember that on our first weekend together, we began our journey in a place called Hope? Remember that? And we traveled a little further for that week into a place called Peace. And we talked about peace and the Prince of Peace. And we're still seeking its fullness in life, right? Last week, we traveled to a place called Joy. And some of you have been working on that this week so that you could arrive at the destination of Joy. And I want to praise God for Josh, who was able to come with us for just a little while today. He came by during Bible study and he told me Wednesday, he said, I have a job now. And so, as you know, he came last week and uh, shared with us a testimony. So give thanks for Josh. God has brought him a long, long way. And I would imagine that he's probably on his way to his job. But if you only knew the history and the story of this young man. So thank you for praying with him as he came to pray a few moments ago. But we see wonderful things happening as we're on this journey of hope, peace, and joy. Joy to the world. For that's why it all happens. The Lord has come. The Lord is in us and the Lord is with us. The Lord is among us. And we're two or more gather in the name of the Lord. Wonderful things happen. And we see those miracles continuing every day here at Shades of Grace. And today we're going to finish up the final few miles of that journey of Advent with a place called love. Everybody say love. And I would like to say love 
all, A-L-L. We are at that place called Love All. On that first Christmas, Mary and Joseph were probably getting close to their destination about now. Now we hopefully understand that no one really knows what time of year that Jesus was born. December 25th has been chosen. That's what we observe and celebrate. But the important thing to remember is that Jesus came and he lived among us, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. But at whatever time of year it would have been, Mary and Joseph would have been nearing their destination of about 90 miles from Nazareth, Nazareth to Bethlehem. It was a difficult trip when you think about the fact that she was pregnant, very near, ready to deliver her firstborn child, and probably walking a great distance, maybe riding on a donkey. We really don't know. But, you know, I shared with someone that uh, any journey of any distance is difficult to most of us because we have the comforts of uh, air conditioning, heaters, good tires, four-wheel drive, comfortable seats, even heated seats. Some of you may have driven here today in a car that has heated seats. But in that day, it was a very difficult journey along the flatlands of the Jordan River, then west over the hills that surround Jerusalem and on to the little town of Bethlehem. It was a dangerous journey. It was a difficult journey. And if you think about it, there were no cracker barrels along the way. You look for that familiar sight when you're traveling down the interstate. You look for those little signs. Uh, okay, this one says lodging, this one says fuel, but we wanna look for the food, right? So sometimes it's difficult to decide what are we gonna eat today? But for Mary and Joseph, I'm sure they didn't have a whole lot of choices. They simply were on the journey to do the work that they were called to do. There was no Holiday Inn Express or no Motel 6, no little grocery stores, no hiking boots. And whether it was in the summer or winter, the weather. Now, I've been in the Middle East when I saw snow on the ground. I've been in the Middle East when it was 100 degrees. And there's all kinds of weather in between. And whatever it was, they were trying to be prepared as best they could for that journey under the circumstances. Thieves and robbers often laid wait. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus gave? It wasn't a safe place for travelers, especially for someone in her position. People think that they probably travel about 10 or 12 miles a day, you know, for years. Now this year I finally made a resolution and I slowed down on my mileage. And I'm lucky to get four miles a day. I got a little over four yesterday. But for years, for the last seven, eight years at least, I walked an average of 8 to 12 to sometimes 14 miles every day, seven days a week. And I finally decided it's time to slow down just a little bit. But even if they were to walk 10 or 12 miles a day, it would have still taken a week 
eight, maybe nine days. So think about that, and as we think about that story, there's love written all over it. Joseph's love for his fiancée, her love for him, their love for God, God's love for them. In the midst of all kinds of opposition, probably criticism along the way, they were faithful servants to God. And you and I are called to be faithful. And during this week of Advent, as we celebrate love, we are called to demonstrate the love of God. How can we say we love God, who we have never seen, if we cannot love our neighbor or the person we see? Of course, as human beings, we like to get into the discussion of the ones who said, well, Lord, who is my neighbor? And Jesus cleared that up rather quickly to say that your neighbor is everybody, whoever we breathe air with on planet Earth, whoever we work with, walk with, live with, live nearby, or cross paths with is our neighbor. So as Christians, we ought to be able to be seen a little bit different or a whole lot different from those who do not make it a practice to follow Jesus. Because Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he narrowed that down because they said, which commandments are you talking about? Which one is the greatest? And he gave it to us as Landon sang the circle of love. But is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Some people haven't yet learned to love self, right? Sometimes we feel under condemnation. We feel that maybe life has been rough and we've been in places that we're ashamed of or embarrassed to admit. And we feel like, well, God couldn't really love me. But let me tell you, God loves you. A young man came to us just recently, and he's not here today. Uh, he is not usually here, but we see him often in the streets. And he came in a few weeks ago, and he talked to Jimmy. And then he came back and talked with me, and we prayed with him. But he stands off at a distance, and I hadn't seen him for a few weeks. And I met him out on the sidewalk, and he said, well, you notice since... I sat down and talked to you all and kind of gave you my story. I've been scarce. I haven't come around because I felt like you all would judge me. You would look differently upon me when you knew my real story. And I said to him, we're not about judgment. We're not about pointing of fingers. We're about forgiving. We're about loving. And this young man felt like he had been so abused as a child and as a young adult and in and out of foster homes and all kinds of situations that he felt for some reason he was the guilty one. But I shared with him that Jesus took upon himself every bit of our pain. That's what we read about in Isaiah, right? In the Christmas story. 
The government shall be upon his shoulders, so shall be called the Prince of Peace. And he takes away our pain. He makes our pain his pain. So whatever you're going through today, don't allow someone else to judge you. I feel that probably Mary was being judged by the people who knew her, knowing that she was still in the engagement process of that day. And there was a lot of whispering going on. You know, I told you a few weeks ago, one of the things that the Bible tells us as followers of God that we are supposed to put away is the pointing of the finger. Remember that? And I don't know why I'm saying that today, except we cannot truly love as Jesus loves until we point the finger at ourselves and say, it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And when I get where I need to be, then all of a sudden the world will look a little better and everybody in it will look a little brighter, right? Isn't that true? So let's get our own spiritual house in order during this season of Advent as we go through hope, peace, joy, and love. As a follower of Jesus, we are called to reach out to the forgotten people of the world. And I mention it so often, but it's because it's who we are as Shades of Grace. It is the DNA of this congregation. Those four words that are written on the canopy outside and are mentioned often the last, least, lost and lonely of our world. It doesn't have anything to do with economics, with status in life, popularity. It simply means that all of us at some point fit into one of those categories. And if we haven't yet, we probably will. And so we are to reach out to those who are on the edge of society, those who are ready to just fall off into the abyss of hopelessness and despair. Remember David, who was a man after God's own heart, the beloved king of Israel? We read about him in the Old Testament. One of the ancestors of Jesus. He said, I was down in a horrible pit. You ever been there? Some of you may have been there. Some of you here today or viewing this by social media might be in that pit of despair and sadness and loneliness and hopelessness. But he didn't have to stay down there. Thanks be to God. He said, the Lord has lifted me up out of that horrible pit and set my feet upon a solid rock. And he's even placed a new song in my heart. And I guess, Lennon, that song would have been joy to the world. We got the joy, joy, joy down in our heart. And I told you last week not to stay, but to give away. The only things that we have in life is what we give away. I believe that. And spiritually, the only love we have is the love that we give away in the name of Jesus Christ because it is his love and not our own. So as we think about the Christmas story, and you're going to hear a lot more of that in the next couple of days, I'm sure, in songs and TV programs and Facebook and church services. By the way, today is our Christmas service. Uh, the rest of what we're doing will be online 
um, virtual services. And be sure and that you are a part of our social media platform so you can participate in that and enjoy all that we'll be doing in the next day or two. But nobody would have expected the Savior of the world, God, Emmanuel, to be born in a manger, in a stable, or more likely in a cave, in those limestone caves around Bethlehem. But that's the love of God, love that humbles oneself, right? We can't truly love God, we can't truly love one another if we have pride in our hearts. Pride goeth before a destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We need to humble ourselves, all of us, as that little baby in Bethlehem, as that child. Humble ourselves as Mary and Joseph did in the midst of controversial circumstances to trust God in everything that God has brought me this far safely and I know he's going to take me home. Don't you believe that? There's an old song that we used to sing years ago that said he didn't lift me up to let me down and he didn't teach me how to swim to let me drown. Amen? Because God gives us the strength to do everything that we need to do. Through the love of God, we serve and humble in generous ways as we tell the story of Jesus over and over and over again. I can't remember when I ever heard the Christmas story for the first time, and maybe you can't either. Maybe you can. And I won't go into any of that, but every Christmas has not always been joy to the world for me and maybe for you either. But since I have allowed the love of Jesus to motivate me and to captivate my soul, it has been joy and peace, indescribable. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, and as the songwriter says, the half of it has never even yet been told. It can be a joyous journey. We have to forget the things of the past. We have to lay aside all those weights and chains and sins that have haunted us and defeated us. And don't allow your past to determine who you are, but allow who you are right now to determine your future. And know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, through the love of God shed abroad in my heart through the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Bible, there's a special emphasis upon the poor, upon the marginalized of society, the widows, the orphans, the immigrants, the strangers in the land. And I think at Christmas time, all of those categories are found in Bethlehem. They all come together and converge in one place, uh, the songwriter says, love came down at Christmas time. Love came down at Christmas. <clears throat> how can you share, how can I share this message of the angels' goodwill 
to all people on earth. I love the word all, don't you? I hate uh, discrimination. I hate anything to do with separating people and classifying people and labeling people. I've often said at Shades of Grace, the only labels that I would really welcome here are the ones on the back of your shirt. I started to say on your underwear, but I've seen that too many times here too, okay? <laughs> that happens at Shades of Grace. Now, I'm, well, see, you'd have to be here every day, all day long, every week, like some of us are, and then you would understand that, okay? Okay, now, we got, that. We got through that, did we? Everybody still with me? So let's live in a world that does not label people. Things are supposed to have labels, objects, items, not, not the people of God. We should carry the name follower of Jesus. Did you know the very first people who followed the message of love of Jesus in the book of Acts for a number of years, they didn't even call themselves Christian. They called themselves followers of the way because Jesus said, I am the way. And we find our way. There's another old song that comes to me, fill my way every day with love. He, he plays them all. He knows them all. Uh, when he hears me quote a song, go ahead and sing it for us, Landon. I know you're wanting to. Sing a chorus. I don't know if I remember the words. Uh, go ahead. You can do it. It's about love. Fill my way every day with love. Sing it if you know it. As I walk with The only one I can remember that he really didn't know when I was preaching here a few years ago and that old song was at Garth Brooks who was I said uh, got friends in low places remember that and I waited and I waited and he said I don't know but aren't you glad that Jesus has friends in low places I'm glad because I'm in those low places Sometimes, and I need a friend. How about you? Amen. Are you having fun today? Everybody say, Wee! All right. <laughs> it's Christmas time. You got to get your Wee in when you can, okay? Right? You're having a Wee time, aren't you? <laughs> um, say it one more time Wee! Now you can do better than that. Do it for all the people on social media. Okay, so on this thing called love, sometimes it's difficult. Have you ever heard the phrase tough love? Tough love. Sometimes we have to emphasize tough love, but we always do that with those other ingredients of Advent. The first one was hope, peace, and joy. And when you've got hope about the situation, when you've got peace in your heart about it and you can do it knowing that it's the right thing to do, it's easy 
to exercise tough love because you know, as we do it all in the name of the Lord, God is going to take care of it. I wish Josh, as we call him Opie, didn't have to leave, but he could tell you in all the years that we've known him up until just recently, well, he's been gone for a few years, but as he told us last week, I've been kicked out of this place more times than I can remember. But we did it all in love. We do it all as a safe sanctuary. And guess what? He knows we love him because he came back to us, right? He came back to the place where he knows there is love and safety. Because there isn't a whole lot of places out in the world that are legitimately a safe sanctuary. And we are. Through the United Methodist Standards, we have a policy of safe sanctuary, zero tolerance in certain things, and we are all about loving and enforcing sometimes that kind of love that is difficult. But I can't think of anybody that we've had to kind of put the, put what? Yeah, the whammy on. Okay, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, now if you all don't know what we do at Shades of Grace, you may think I'm up here kind of speaking in the unknown tongue. And really, believe you me, Steve, am I telling the truth? Yes. Steve is our lay leader. Jimmy, am I telling the truth? Lloyd, Becky, all the rest of you guys that work here every day, am I telling the truth? Sometimes we have to do that. But in almost every case, I can't think of one where we've had to deal with someone harshly in love that they have not come back somewhere along the way and said, thank you, forgive me, help me. And there's not a soul in these streets today that I could look in the eye and say, I don't love you and you're not welcome in this place because it's all about love. And sometimes love is manifested in a way that people may think is hard or difficult. But we do all things in love. And when we do that, when we're loving all the people in our lives, loving the disadvantaged in our society, and loving the poor, whether they're walking on Sullivan Street or whether they're in Nigeria or whether they're in your neighborhood or wherever you are viewing, this on live stream today we do all in love that's the business of Christmas right that is what Christmas is about so what does it mean to love other people first my love for other people means I love myself enough to give of myself. Remember, there's a verse in the Old Testament. It says, I will not give to the Lord anything that costs me nothing. Because then it's not a sacrifice. It's not a gift. We're just passing it along. Now, we do a lot of passing things along at Shades of Grace. But we do it all with love. But when it's giving to God, we give of ourself. And sometimes it's sacrificial. Sometimes it's difficult. There have been many days, and you know, we spend six days a week at this place. And I've done that for the last nine and a half years without fail. 
six, seven, eight hours a day in this place serving people. And some days I have left here along with Steve leaving here and Mikey and others who, so many I can't name all the volunteers over the years, have left here thinking, man, I need a long break. I think I'm going <laughs> to go on a trip. And before I get my 12 or 15 miles home, I'm already thinking about what I got to do the next morning, how God is calling me to, to be back in this place all over again. That's the calling. That's the blessing of God. That's the call of Christmas for every one of us. Love came down at Christmas time, and that light of Bethlehem shines upon us and in us and through us. You got to get it in you before it shines out of you, right? And so we give of ourselves freely, sometimes painfully, sometimes sacrificially. But that's what love is. Instead of giving meaningless things over and over and over again, let's just give of ourselves. Let me give Miss Bell as an example. Miss Bell used to play the piano for us before the pandemic came, and then seasons come and seasons go, and the Lord brings new blessings to us in many ways. And Pastor Billy went home to heaven just before Christmas, and everything changed, but Miss Bell didn't stop. She didn't give up, even though she couldn't be here, but she gives out those little prayer hearts. And if you haven't seen them, there's some over here on the shelf, and I've got more back here. But she works, I don't know how long it takes to make each one, but they're beautiful hand-knit prayer hearts with a Bible verse, and she prays over each one of those. And I give those out at the hospitals. I give those out to funerals. We do so many services like that. And I give them as a little bit of comfort to people, something they can reach out and touch and hold on to that reminds them of love, love of one person. And you can do the same thing, whether it's baking or cooking or sewing or knitting or Whatever you do, the Bible says, do all to the glory of God and do all things in love. That's what the story of Christmas is about. Love always must be in the equation. Jesus loved other people purely and freely. And if you and I are going to follow Jesus, then we have to do the same thing, right? We cannot pick and choose. And that's a struggle for me some days. And God is teaching me, and I pray that the only day I stop learning is the day they lay me down. And I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep, right? It's like a dear old lady I knew one time. She was 99. It was John Nagy's aunt, and she was in New Jersey. And I went to visit her, and she was still out working in her yard at age 99. And her children were fussing at her, and they said, Mama, you're getting too old to do this. She said, let me do what I want to do, because when they lay me down, it's going to be for a long time. So just let's do what we can, when we can, while we can, and we'll rest someday in the sweet by and by, right? But now we are to observe our Sabbath time and rest. 
and God is giving us that day each week to be able to do that. But let's just share the love in every opportunity is really what I'm saying. Let your life be motivated by love. And then all the other things will fit into it like it's supposed to. You know, the scripture teaches us if we see another person, a brother and sister, in need and we have the means to do so, and we don't help that person, whether it's with a coat or food or whatever, then he says, how can the love of God remain in you? So love has to be backed up by action, right? And I'll tell you, I confess, I want to be transparent always and in all things. How about you, Miss D? How do you say transparent? Everybody do that. Transparent. Did I do it right? Okay. We want to be transparent and say, Lord, he's still working on me. Remember that little children's song? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars and Jupiter and Mars and all the rest, but he's still working on me. You know why I know that he's working on me? I'm still standing here trying to preach another message. As long as you're standing upright or sitting horizontal or lying vertical or do whatever you do and you're awake and alert and able to do, do it all in the name of Jesus with speech but with action. Back it up with the words. I'm looking at the time here. I got, I'm going to start winding this down, I promise you. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> is that a second quarter or a third quarter? Or is that the encore? Okay. Let me ask you a question. What are you going to do this Christmas, right now, to make a difference in this world? Get out of your comfort zone to do it. Not the same thing that you've done every Christmas, but reach out and do something uniquely different this time. Even if you feel a little bit uneasy about it, let the Spirit lead you, let the Spirit speak to you, and maybe think about someone that's in need somewhere. Maybe somebody that's being neglected and overlooked or not thought well of. Take your time and see that person. Be a follower of Jesus. God loved us this way so that we will love each other. Every year in my Christmas message, I share this poem, and I'm going to close my part of the service with this again today. I guess it's my favorite poem for this time of year. It was composed by Howard Thurman, an African-American theologian, educator, and civil rights leader. It's simply titled, The Work of Christmas. If you've been here over the years, you've heard me read this often. Because the next time we come back together, the day of Christmas, the 25th day of December will be passed. Well, no, that's not exactly right because some of us will be here Christmas morning to serve the food 
as we do every day. We don't take a break on Christmas with doing that. But for most of us, as we come together in worship, it will be after Christmas is over. So listen to these words. When the song of the angel is stilled and the, sky, uh, and the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are back home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, that's where the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. Look it up, Google it, the work of Christmas. It's, it's a very meaningful piece of literature. Okay, now we have a couple of really happy things to do. Of course, everything we've done so far is happy, I guess, right? Okay, I would like for Brianna to come here and with, uh, I guess, Becky and whoever's going to stand with, with her. Please come on and... Uh, Anyone else wants to stand with her? She is coming today. She came last week and she wanted to renew her relationship with Jesus. And we've known her for some time and she struggles in lots and lots of ways with lots of opposition. And life is certainly not easy. But last week she made a renewed profession of faith and she wants to renew her faith in remembering her baptism today. And I would like to say before we do this part of the service, if you have never been baptized or if you would like to renew your baptism vows today, you can come and stand here with us and participate in this. We're Methodists, so we don't have to have 100,000 gallons of water. <laughs> On the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, um, am I beeping? Is that me? Oh, it is. I gotta turn that off. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's a little, Terry knows what this, our parish nurse. That's my little meter that tells me if my sugar A1C is a little bit high or something. And um, <laughs> I went out to eat with some friends a few weeks ago. It was a very busy restaurant. And I had this thing in my pocket and I forgot about it. And I kept, I kept hearing, and I thought it was over there. And I saw these people and they kept looking at me. I said, that, those people don't realize that their beeper's going off. And they left and the beeper was, and it was, well, it was this, okay? You didn't need to know all that, did you? Now I gave you a little bit extra time. If you want to renew your baptism, please come and stand and we'll do that today. What we're gonna do is just put the water upon her forehead and if you would like to participate, I give you that opportunity. Brianna, come on over this way. Hold this, please. 
Brianna, I want to ask you these questions. Do you love Jesus Christ with all your heart? Yes, I do. Do you repent of your sins? Do you seek to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Do you seek to be a part of a congregation that loves you and that in turn you can love and serve others? Yes. God bless you. She has been baptized before, but she wanted to renew her baptismal vows in the presence of you and get a new start, okay? Do you want to say anything at all to the people? Becky, you want to say anything? I know Becky has befriended Brianna here during the week and spent some time in prayer. you want to say something on behalf of Brianna? <laughs> I'm just so thankful that the presence of the Lord is in this place this morning and yes. that you have made this decision. Yes. Rededication. You know, Shades of Grace has become a place where people walk in off the street during the week oftentimes to pray and to be baptized and just happens that God is always with us. So um, she has made her profession. I'm going to ask all of you, if you in this congregation, to the best of your ability, will pray for Brianna every time you think of this young lady, you will say a prayer for her to encourage her in whatever ways you can, to enable her to allow the gifts of God to be manifested through her and in her. Will you say, I love you, Brianna? Say it one more time. This is your church family. This is your congregation. We love you. God bless you. You want a little bit or a whole lot? A little bit. <laughs> I, now, I can do a whole lot. You know. But, Brianna, upon your renewed profession of faith in Jesus, it is my privilege to renew your baptismal vows. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for this precious young lady. And Lord, you've brought her a long, long way. Help her to know that that first Christmas journey was not easy for the holy family, for Mary and Joseph. But they continued on until the fullness of God had come. They followed that star. They followed the light. And I pray that Brianna will follow the light of Jesus Christ all the days of her life and walk in that light and share it with others. In the name of Christ, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, God bless you. We got a smile out of her. Now for me, that was just a little bit, okay? I promise you. Okay. I have a, can I tell you another baptismal story real quick? A uh, number of years ago on one of my trips to Israel, I'd taken about 31 people with me to Israel and I've been doing this for 40 years and we, were, we had a whole group of people, 30 people in my group lined up in the Jordan River to either be baptized or renew their baptismal vows. And I got to the end and there was a lady standing over here and I thought, she's not with my group, I've never seen her before. 
But she looked at me and she said, Romanian. She'd gotten lost, but she knew what we were doing. And she wasn't going to miss her baptism. So that's my baptismal story. Okay. I never did get her name, but I'll meet her in heaven someday. And she'll say, Romanian. And I'll say, Tennessee. <laughs> All right, Pastor Regina, will you make your way up this way, please? <clears throat> We're going to um, have a brief uh, celebration of Holy Communion. We're not going through the entire liturgy today because we have a lot of other things happening in worship. But we're, again, using the little cups and wafer due just because of what we've talked about earlier that's happening in our world. This is the safest way to do that. But we would invite you in just a moment to come, and we're going to dismiss the service this way. We're going to let you come, um, get receive the Holy Communion, she will be here to say a prayer with you if you would like a prayer. If not, just keep on trucking that way toward the door. And this, that will conclude our service. And um, Landon can be singing along the way. And um, that's how we're going to do communion today. But I want to say to you the great mystery of faith that is always a part of our communion. Christ has died. Say it with me. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Say it one more time. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Now I've talked about love. I've talked about forgiveness, repentance, and prayer. And that is a part of who we are and what we do to prepare our hearts for receiving the sacrament of Holy Communion. By the way, in the tradition of the United Methodist Church, there are two sacraments, and we're remembering both of them today. That is baptism and Holy Communion, things that are very important in the life of the church. And as often as we do this, Jesus said, you remember what I've done, not only my birth in Bethlehem, but my journey of, uh, among people all the way to the cross and the resurrection. But before he suffered on the cross, he was tried and named with transgressors as a sinner, as a criminal. But before that, for one last time, he met with his friends. Aren't you glad to be with friends today? If you're needing a friend, please seek out some people here today. Come to me and I'll help you find a friend, okay? We want to be a friend to one another. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I've commanded you to do, and that is to love one another. But he took the bread. Miss D, you're going to have to help me. These little things are a little bit difficult, so you can help your neighbor if you want, if your hands tremble like mine do sometimes. Um, But I want you to come by and we'll give you the little cup. You can pass by and have Regina pray with you if you wish or not. But just peel the little layer off of your cup, take the wafer, and then drink from the cup. But Jesus said, this is my body, 
which is broken for you. And so the bread, not like this, but the bread of that day, Jesus broke and blessed and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken and given for you. And then when the supper was ended, the Bible says he took the cup, he lifted it, he blessed it, and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for the sins of many. Drink from this. And Steve will have a little receptacle over there. You can drop your empty cup and cellophane in before you go. But Landon, will you share some music with us? And we invite you just to come as you feel led to do so. And as you receive Holy Communion, that will conclude the end of our service. And you may go in peace in the name of the Lord. There is an old, old story that's been told again and again. It tells us a baby boy born in Bethlehem his mother called him Jesus for he was God's son and when he came into the world there was hope for everyone Jesus is the light in this world of so much darkness is the light to guide us along the way. Jesus is the light. In him we see more clearly and he can chase the darkness away. so much confusion in this world today so many are uncertain as they look for a better way Jesus said I am the way the truth and the light and if you look to him you'll see Jesus is the light is the light in this world of so much darkness. Jesus is the light to guide us along the way. Jesus is the light. In him we see more clearly and he can chase the darkness away. is the light in this world of so much darkness Jesus is the light to guide us along the way Jesus is the light in him we see more clearly and he can chase the dark
darkness away. 